Welcome to Home Gym History. I'm Rob, and joining me tonight, we have Adam and Jake, just as before. If this is your first time listening, Home Gym History is brought to you by Garage Gym Radio. What we'll be doing is reviewing the history of Shizzler, and specifically the Shizzler Eagle Head weight plates, to see how they stack up against modern weights and modern ideals of whether something should be made in the U.S. or not, and some other issues we'll get into. How's it going here, Adam and Jake? Going Doing well. well. Yeah. Nice. Well, I've got a pretty standard-looking deep dish plate in my hands here. It's marked 45, Shizzler, standard barbell. As we went over in a previous episode, you're both well-versed on the wording there, why it doesn't say Olympic, why it says standard. And it's kind of plain. It's three spokes. It looks like others. This was what Buckeye Barbell first came out with, only instead of Shizzler, it said Buckeye Barbell. Then, once they started introducing the Shizzler brand, they switched it over to saying Shizzler on the plates. Buckeye Barbell was around in Ohio, hence the name Buckeye, in the 1980s through the 1990s. It was founded by four brothers who were all nationally ranked bench press, well, I guess you would say, athletes. And one of the brothers was actually top 10 in the country. So these power lifters, they got together and they formed Buckeye Barbell. After getting some success with their plates, they then came out with the topic of today's podcast, which would be the Eagle Heads. So let me grab one of those. The Eagle Heads are so named because they have an Eagle's head on the plate. Kilograms, pounds, typical markings for 1980s through 1990s plates. But then you'll also notice the font is much different. It's got this retro sort of font. The paint is also a bit different. I'm holding the gray, but there was a bluish teal, metallic teal color that's quite popular, and a black version as well. So the Shizzler Eagle Heads, you know, didn't save the company, if you will. They still went out of business. However, when it comes to collecting vintage weights, these have become quite popular the past couple of years. What are your first impressions, Adam? What do you think of the Eagle Heads? Yeah, when I see the Eagle Heads, I'm always very impressed by the look of the plate. I think it's really cool. And as far as like vintage weights, I mean, you said the company was the 80s into the 90s, and I would guess much older. Um, it's kind of got like a 50s classic car look. Sure. So I think they're really cool looking. How about you, Jake? Yeah, they're quite a bit flashier than anything that you would have any other kind of vintage weight as you would expect to see them. Um, so, yeah. I'd have to agree, gentlemen. I really had my eye on these uh, for quite a while until a fellow collector helped me out in getting some. And I enjoy them. I think they look great, but they do have their downfalls and they do have their points of controversy. So I think both of you touched on what makes them popular, just the look. You know, they have, as you said, Adam, that retro kind of 50s look. Now, I see them get insulted and sort of downgraded sometimes for the following issues. The first being that they have a patriotic, you know, eagle on them, and yet they're not made in the United States. So when it comes to that, being made in the United States or not, some collectors really have a, a division there that they don't want it. They consider it to be cheap since it was made overseas, and they're not willing to pay a premium price for them. Obviously, not all collectors are all lifters, 
Where do you two weigh in on that? Does it matter that they were made overseas versus the United States? I think it matters for some, but because these are so unique, I, I think they're still worth collecting. I see it as something that's definitely going to make it controversial, like you mentioned, with the eagle and being made overseas. I personally, since there's nothing else that looks quite as unique as these made in America, I, I don't have like an issue with it. I'm also not a like passionate, avid collector of vintage weights. Um, so for me as like your average, typical person building out a home gym, I, I like the look of it. So yeah, that's, that's kind of my initial thoughts. Yeah. And I will say like, I imagine the overall value of them not being quite as high as it could be if it was made within the USA. But I, I don't really have too many like negative thoughts on them in general. Well, when it comes to, you know, made overseas, no one seems to mind that Ivanka is made overseas, but I would wager that that's because of the high quality nature of those plates and bars. And I don't have many casting flaws or any issues with that, but I will say that at least the plates I have, I have a pair of 25s and I have a pair of 45 Eagle heads. They are a little loose on the bar. There's some play on the bar that I don't really like. And when I measured them, they are the narrowest deep dish that I have. And I have several different brands of deep dish and none of my deep dish are this narrow. So they're like intermediately deep dish, if you will. So those would be two sticking points for me in terms of uh, the quality of them. Accuracy, they're not bad. You know, I've seen worse, so that's not really a concern. Now, the next thing that gets brought up quite a bit would be whether they're vintage or not, because they're 1980s through 90s. The Shizzler brand really hit it big at the end of the 80s, advertising and muscle and fitness magazine with huge spreads in the magazine. Let's see if I can hold one up here and I'll get a scanned image that you can drop in. And I can't imagine the cost of running two and four page ads in major lifting magazines. So they were really hitting their stride when they came out with the Eagle heads. Mm. But is that vintage? Is it old enough to be vintage when they were putting these out? For two guys that are steeped in mostly modern weights, what's your perception of vintage? Is this old enough to be a vintage weight, if you will, being from the late 80s and 90s? It's about as old as we are. So uh, <laughs> calling something vintage seems like a little bit of a stretch to me. Maybe in like 10, 20 years, you could call them vintage. But I, I think I wouldn't quite classify them as that quite yet then. Yeah, they're, they're sitting on the fringe right. for yeah. sure. Something like tells me like early 80s feels vintage. But you say late eighties and all of a sudden I'm like, ah, that's not really vintage, is it? <laughs> yeah, when so, I think when you th that, that's a tricky one. I think when you throw in maybe nineties as as what kind of like puts me over the edge. Like uh late eighties, maybe nineties. When I think of nineties, like, oh, that was just like twenty something years ago. So so yeah, vintage Exactly. Vintage seems like a little bit of stretch. But I would still say, can you call them like classic? Is that is that different there than you vintage? Go. <laughs> classic? I don't know. Not to my knowledge, but we can close, start it. You know, let's just say close to vintage. There you go. Nearing it's, it's vintage. Near vintage. Yeah. Nearing vintage ways. Yeah. That'll yeah. be my next handle on Instagram. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, the nearing vintage weights PGH. Yeah. <laughs> well, when it comes to it, there are, you know, 
arguments to take place about it, whether it's Vincent or not, Sim similar to what I said with the USA or not made in USA, I should say. And what gets brought up a lot would be to go back to episode one of the Home Gym History Podcast, the 1990s USA stamped York plates and dumbbells that you know, are arguably newer than these shizzlers and people collect those and call them vintage. So, you know, there's two sides to it. It's a very debated thing. Your perception of it is a big part of it because like you're saying, Jake, we're all similar in age here. So it feels a little weird that something <laughs> be vintage around that time. But once you start going through forums and once you join, you know, websites like iron history or something like that, and you start reading what people write about weights, you see it very often that like, Oh, I lifted with these in the seventies, or this was my first set I bought in the sixties from uh, ladies and gentlemen that are older than me. So perception varies to put, mm -hmm. you know, at best, I think, in, in my opinion, when it comes to perception of, you know, the aesthetic appeal of these aesthetic appeal of these, I should say, I'm hard pressed to find something else that attracts attention in my home gym more than these. When people come in here, they usually don't gravitate towards my other deep dish. They look right at the shizzlers and they ask, what are those? Then they'll pick up on things and notice some of the others. Oh, wow. Is this whatever it is, but the Eagle heads just grab their attention right away. And it's the same with me. I really like them. It's a motivating factor. Whenever I know I'm putting them on the bar the next morning. So that's why I have them as far as price. They're sitting around a pair of 45s in good condition are sitting around 400 ish dollars, give or take. And that's a little steep for some people for a pair of 45s, especially with some of the things we mentioned, you know, some play on the bar. It's not as deep as other deep dish made overseas. Where do you weigh in on that? We'll close with our uh, price opinion. I have a question about the price sure. before, before that. So I'm curious to know if you know in for price, how did they compare back when they were selling compared to traditional iron plates? Maybe not as flashy. Like, for example, I'm thinking about like classic bumper plates right now versus like mm -hmm. Rogue Flex or like the pinnacle okay. plate, the pinnacle bumper plates that just came out from rep. So like the Flex or the pinnacles, those are going to be more costly than just the basic black bumpers. I'm curious to know if you have that information as far as like, did they cost more or were they about the same as traditional iron? You know, that's a great question. And I don't have uh, that comparison in front of me right now. What I have been doing is on the home gym history, Instagram account, I've been posting follow-up posts. So what I can do is drop that in a follow-up post on the Instagram account. Uh, sure. What I can tell you is the magazine I just held up muscle and fitness, and this isn't even the Eagle heads. This is just the regular old deep dish set. The one I held up for the 310 pound set in 1988 was $213 in 1988. In my opinion, that probably wasn't too cheap. Now, as compared to just a generic, like you said, standard barbell iron package, I'm not sure what I would like to do though, is price out some of the other plates of that era. And I'll drop a follow-up post. Cool. As far as the value right now, it's been increasing for sure. And there's no, you know, guarantee that that's how much it will cost you $400 for a pair of 45s. You can find them like any other weights, you know, in someone's basement or in a barn somewhere and for a great deal that 
to a lot of people, they're just an old pair of rusty plates. Being so recognizable though, I think makes that situation harder than some other old weights in deep dish because these stand out and are clearly a different style. So I think that's one of the reasons people are having a hard time getting a great deal on them or finding them super cheap. With that said, do you think the price will keep increasing? Do you think they'll, you know, overcome any kind of uh, cons or any kind of controversies, if you will? What do you think about that, Adam? I think the price will probably keep increasing because, I mean, you know this from the inside, like the vintage weights scene seems to only be getting bigger and they're not making any more weights back in the 80s and putting them in here today. Yeah. So the market's shrinking. Sure. The cost is going to go up. Yeah. And I think just because they have controversy around them mixed with like their flash, yeah, it's it's only going to make the price go up. Yeah, personally, I agree with you. And I, this might be a hot take in the vintage weights community, but in my opinion, these are undervalued. I, and they were produced widely. It's not like they were some limited run of a couple hundred plates. But even with that said, people are scampering and trying to find these. People are asking about them all the time. Anytime I post them, I get more questions about the Eagle Heads than just about any other plate that I post. So I can just see it out there that the demand is there and the supply is limited. They're not being made anymore. So that's why I think they'll keep increasing in price. Well, Adam, Jake, thanks for being here. I appreciate you stopping by Home Gym History once again. I look forward to our next episode. Please go and like and follow and hit those five stars and review us and do all that happy stuff. I'm pretty sure it helps you hit a PR in science. <laughs> thanks for listening.